0: Football full circle. Petrus
2: sideline. He's got his man. Dives. Charlie Jones. Touchdown for Spencer Petrus.
3: And a throw. It. Rose looks back. Side. Here we go, college football, <laughs> full circle. Mike Carver and Rich Sermonello here with you. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, channel 204. Little Gus in the open. Gus excited there with those Iowa touchdowns on Saturday against Penn State. Uh, Rich, how are you, my man? Good to be with you again.
4: Uh, same, Mike. Uh, I uh, Everything in life is better when Gus Johnson is on the call. I mean... I... <laughs> You know, (laughs) an excitement in his voice. He's a he's a pro's pro, but he he sounds like one of us when he's watching a game. And I'm not even embarrassed to admit that I've watched on YouTube numerous times uh, just Gus Johnson's greatest calls. He is the best.
3: Yeah. And and I had not heard that. I was obviously watching the game. I was doing in-game live here on Sports Grid during the second half of Penn State and Iowa. So I had the game on, but it was muted, obviously, with us doing the show. So I didn't... And Gus, listen, Gus always brings the, brings the energy. It's outstanding. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and just I'll piggyback off that game because this happened uh, since we were together yesterday. How about Kirk Ferentz, Rich, with basically... <laughs> He has no problem with the Iowa fans booing the Penn State players going down. I thought that was bizarre from Kirk yesterday uh, during his press conference, basically saying, well, it's happened in the past, uh, you know, they, they're, they're, our fans aren't stupid they're watching they know what's going on you don't hear a coach get that candid sometimes yeah. here in college football
4: <laughs> you, you you thought maybe that was uh, he, you know he was channeling maybe Lane Kiffin at that point I, I mean that that's something I would expect from Lane I like Lane I, I love the uh I, do too. uh I love the clarity and the uh, openness that Lane kiffin shows I I, I kind of like when coaches are not so buttoned up but from Kirk Ferentz, who traditionally is is, you know, a by-the-book, suit-and-tie kind of a coach. Uh, Yeah, I found that to be a little bit off-putting that uh, he's okay with his fans uh, cheering for Penn State injuries. Kind of an odd comment.
3: Very bizarre uh, from Kirk yesterday during his press conference. And you know what? Since since we're we're talking about Iowa here, we'll start with them today, Rich. Because, listen, they're now uh, a second-ranked team in the country. And they've gotten past a couple of the bigger games, quote-unquote, on their schedule, and now they get into the Big Ten West. And, hey, if they're as good as they've been in the first half of this season, they should roll through these teams, right, Rich? I mean, Purdue this Saturday laying 11-and-a-half. They're going to have Wisconsin and Illinois and Minnesota. This should be no problem for Iowa the rest of the way, right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I I think right now for for Kirk Ferentz, uh, Phil Parker, that that whole coaching staff, I I think it's all about maintaining focus and the – it is where they're weakest, Mike. Now is the time to to hone, and I'm talking about offense, in particular. Defense is fine. We know all about the takeaways. Secondary has been great. Uh, Riley Moss, Matt Hankins. Uh, front seven, uh, Jack Campbell, the linebacker, I I think has a very bright future in Iowa city, but offensively, you know, it's still an average to below average offense. This is a time that, uh, perhaps find new targets, uh, for Spencer Petrus. uh, Tyler Goodson is a sure thing at running back, but, uh, keep your eye on the ball, maintain your focus, get better on offense, because in all likelihood, uh, that's going to be the big, uh, big 10 West representative. And, uh, you know, you're going to face a team probably with more firepower once you get to Indianapolis.
3: And you do have a little bit of a revenge game situation here because Purdue did beat Iowa last year uh, in West Lafayette 24-20. So Iowa is going to have – listen, they're not going to be letting down here. I know they're just coming off a big game against Penn State. I think that Ferentz, he's obviously been around long enough now, Rich, where he knows just because we're undefeated, there's still a lot of work to be done. We're playing a team that beat us a year ago – in their place. We've got them at home. Yes, it's 11 and a half. Uh, but I, I just feel like uh, this is going to be a good spot for Iowa. They're going to stay focused against Purdue.
4: Yeah, I, you know, I always wonder about letdown factors. I think sometimes we we overstate that. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it is, you know, kind of a valid point. Uh, such an emotional win. Uh, the late victory against Penn State. Top five teams. Now you're facing uh, a below average Purdue team. A team that's been struggling. Has had some injuries. Uh, I, I do worry about the letdown a little bit. It wouldn't shock me if if I was. In a game uh, after halftime, before pulling away, but uh, you know I'll I'll take a slightly different approach. Um, I was very high a couple of years ago on Jeff Brom as the head coach Mm -hmm. of Purdue. We talked a little bit yesterday about you know head coaches that were so highly coveted and and haven't worked out, Uh, and and Brom leaving Louisville and and heading over to Purdue uh, that hasn't uh, that hasn't really worked out too great. Western Kentucky spent some time as well uh, he needs to turn things around at Purdue and uh, he's got to do that fast
3: no he certainly does uh, because it's it's kind of been same old same old for Purdue they're usually a, a if, if not at best a middle of the road team in the Big Ten for a while now either middle of the road or on the bottom end so he's still got to start to turn things around we're just getting going here college football full circle Mike Carver Rich Manello with you Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. We'll come back. Lots of big games this weekend, including Kentucky and Georgia. We talk about it when we come back right after this on The Grid.
2: You've come to the right place. This is where you'll get expert perspectives and actionable insights 24-7. And you never need a mask. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at 40 dollars a month experience it all live with sling sling
1: at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar
2: seven days a week 52 weeks a year don't believe us never turn us off you'll see keep listening to sports grid radio on Sirius XM you're listening to college football full circle with Joe Lisi and Mike Carver
3: And we are back, college football full circle, Mike Carver and Rich Sermonello here with me today, Joe back tomorrow, a little weird week, you get me and Rich for three days, you get me and Joe for one, and then Rich will be back with Joe on Friday. So either way, we got you covered here on college football uh, full circle, all week long, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM channel 204, going through some of this weekend's games, getting ourselves ready. Kentucky and Georgia, Rich, no question the most intriguing game to me this weekend. You have number one Georgia now after the Alabama loss, undefeated, defense absolutely out of their minds this year, taking on a Kentucky team, also undefeated, tremendous job by Mark Stoops over the past few years to get Kentucky where they are right now. And and I mentioned this to you on Monday, I think, like, I think it's ridiculous. You've got an undefeated SEC team at six and zero that has wins over Florida and LSU, and they're not in the top ten. That just that boggles my mind. And that just I mean I get it. It's Kentucky. They still don't get the respect that everybody else does. But if you would have just taken the names away from the resume, that's probably in other years. If that's Alabama's resume or Georgia's or Florida's, that team's in the top five.
4: Yeah, I totally agree. Not a lot of respect. I'm sure Mark Stoops is, uh, is playing that card a lot uh, when he's coaching up his kids. Uh, throughout this week leading up to Saturday between the Hedges. Uh, Kentucky's uh, an interesting team at this point. Uh, they're, they're quintessential SEC, Mike. Uh, they're winning at the line of scrimmage. Uh, really good defense. They've got one of the best offensive linemen in the country, Darian Kennard, who NFL fans uh, should hear drafted in the first round next year. And one of the interesting moves that Mark Stoops did, and again, credit to him, It, it was it, it's reminiscent of LSU and and Joe Brady, a couple of years ago, right? Ed O'Dron gets Joe Brady from the NFL, coaches up Joe Burrow, who happens to be a Big Ten import into the SEC. Kentucky doing very much the same thing. They get Will Levis, the quarterback from Penn State, Big Ten. They get the young offensive coordinator in uh, Liam Cohen, adding a little bit of spice to that offense. You mix in some Wandale Robinson. You know, I I think this line is high. I, I'm not. Predicting an upset from Kentucky, but the way they play defensively, long drives, Georgia does have some challenges on offense. Kudos to Stetson Bennett's done a great job in replace of JT Daniels, but it's not as if Georgia is, you know, a 45, 48 point per game type of a team getting three touchdowns. Mike, that's pretty enticing to me if I'm a Kentucky guy.
3: Yeah, I, I think this just screams more to the, to the disrespect, like the ranking with Kentucky. Now look, Will Levis done a good job there, but the Kentucky offense doesn't blow you off the page either. Uh, they don't. They're they're winning with defense, just like Georgia is. This is a lot of points for a game that honestly, Rich, I could see being like thirteen ten. Like I, I mean, I really yeah. do think defenses are going to win the day in this game. I mean, forty four and a half is the total. Georgia's been going under every week. I mean, forty six and a half with Auburn last week. 48-and-a-half with Arkansas the week before, and I think it's more of the same. I don't expect a lot of offense, but I expect the Kentucky defense to be able to keep them within three touchdowns, Rich. That is a very big number.
4: Very big. I agree, and again, uh, George has been efficient on offense. Uh, love what the coaching staff has done. They have two quarterbacks who are ready to go, ready to win football games. So kudos to Georgia, but but again, I think I mentioned this to you. If it wasn't uh, yesterday, it was Monday. I, I mean, wh- who are the skill position guys? And, and Georgia usually has them, but who are the guys that really frighten yeah. you in terms of uh, skill? running back. Uh, I mentioned Ladd McConkey doing a nice job, but Ladd McConkey on a championship team typically will be a number 3 or number 4 wide receiver. Uh, with George Pickens out, you know, Georgia just doesn't have that field stretcher. It doesn't have that guy who can take the top off a of defense. So I think there's going to be long drives you're going to be getting you know some field goals in the mix i i wouldn't be surprised if this game does go under and again if i can get twenty one and a half, twenty two 22 points for a 6-0 and well coached kentucky team that seems like it's good value to me
3: it certainly does and look if you are a dreamer out there rich like maybe the joe leases of the world and you do think that it's possible that Kentucky can win this game on Saturday. I mean, they're giving you a pretty juicy moneyline number, of course, at plus 1120. There's no question about that. That's that's no joke. But another way, if you want to get spicy, Rich, is uh, play Kentucky to win the SEC at 60 to one. Because if they win this game, they're going to be in the title game. And even if you don't think they could beat Alabama, if you have a 60 to one ticket on them, and they're playing in the title game. You're going to get a chance to hedge yourself out there, Rich. At the end, you're going to get a
4: shot. <laughs> yeah, listen, sixty to one, uh, and it, and you know the odds are long for a reason. But you've got a very good football team that has yet to lose. They're coming off a three touchdown victory over LSU. Obviously, going to be really difficult to win in Athens the way Georgia's playing on defense. But I like your your way of thinking here, Mike, because at sixty to one. You're basically banking on two upsets for 60 to one, right? You would need one this yeah. weekend, and then you would need one in all likelihood over Alabama. And listen, if you could beat Georgia, you could beat Alabama on December the 4th in Atlanta for the SEC title. Uh, 60 to one, I think there's some pretty good value in there for Kentucky to, to win the SEC title.
3: Yeah, I agree, uh, and I know our, our man Joe has been on it since the preseason. I think he's got a Kentucky to win the SEC East uh, ticket that he's holding, and he'll be in great shape if they can somehow find a way against the Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday. Uh, we'll stay in the SEC with a couple of these games. What do you think about Alabama off of this loss uh, to Texas A&M? They go to Starkville. They're playing Mississippi State and Mike Leach. They're laying 16-and-a-half, which honestly, that's like – that's been the Alabama number mm-hmm. almost every game half. now here, every week. I mean, they've been yeah. between 15 and 18 against every opponent. Now they go on the road, 57.5 total, laying the 16.5. Do you expect a big bounce back from Nick Saban and the group?
4: I do. I, it was one of the first games I looked at on Sunday. As I started Sundays, I start to go through the the early lines as they come in, and, and that one jumped out at me. I, I, I think Mississippi State's getting – a little too much credit at this point. You know, we're only two weeks removed from uh, Alabama, albeit in Tuscaloosa, uh, not in Starkville, but uh, beating Ole Miss uh, by three touchdowns, right? Yeah. So they won 42 to 21 over Ole Miss. Uh, Matt Corral, Lane Kiffen, uh, Mississippi State. You know, I, I mean, they're they're doing an okay job. Will Rogers is having a nice year as as Mike Leach's latest uh, gunslinger, uh, behind center. But um, and and I do like their their cornerbacks. They have a nice cornerback tandem led by Emmanuel Forbes. But you know, Mississippi State to me, even at uh, you know even at this stage of the season, I I think it's a mediocre football team. And, and Nick Saban will have his kids. Absolutely on fire uh, this week. So I, I would expect a big game from Bryce Young. Uh, the one kid that's blown me away. I thought John Mechie would be uh, wide receiver one in Tuscaloosa this year. But yeah. uh, the kid Jamison Williams who came over from Ohio State, that kid, his draft stock is rising every time he gets the ball in his hands.
3: Yeah, it must be nice. You go from Ohio State to Alabama. That's a, yeah. that's, a that's a nice little move uh, for Jamison there. Uh, I think that they're going to really blow Mississippi State out. I know that I, and everybody who listens every week, I'm on Alabama big because I never believe uh, that they're not going to cover. And they they've had some slip ups here. They didn't cover against Florida. They lost outright to Texas A&M. I'm feeling a little bit more confident against with this Mississippi State game. On the other side of that game, Texas A&M off of a big win. Now has to go on the road to Missouri, whose defense is absolutely embarrassing. Uh, you watch Missouri every You know, when you watch their games, I cannot believe how awful their defense is. But Texas A&M's laying nine and a half on the road. Now Cardozo was good on Saturday. He was awful the three weeks before that. Can we just expect he's going to be like he was against Alabama, against Missouri on Saturday? I'm not so sure.
4: (laughs) No, nor am I. Uh, You know, this was a kid two weeks ago who, you know, he was getting called out by the fans, uh, which sucks on some level. But uh, They they wanted to go for Calzada, but... uh, I would take Missouri in the points at home. I think it's a great spot for the Tigers.
3: I'm with you. I really do. This is a little bit of a letdown for the Aggies. All right. College football full circle. Mike Carver, Rich Cermonello here with you. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. We keep rolling right after this.
2: Don't think of us as just another sports talk network. Think of us as your smart, talkative friend that somehow always seems to have the inside line on winning. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Look, we're not saying all the other Sports Talk Networks are backwards, but we're pretty sure they all have a favorite E-Haw episode. Get on the grid. E-haw. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You're listening to College Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Mike Carver.
3: And we are back, college football, full circle. Mike Carvin, Rich Cermonello here with you, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, channel 204. So I'm going to round through all the SEC since we started going there uh, first, Rich. And LSU in Florida this week, uh, down in Baton Rouge. Now, LSU has gotten the best of them the last couple years. Now, last year... Florida had a big opportunity to, you know, listen, they were probably going to lose to Alabama as like they did. But they were still very much in the playoff picture when they dropped that game at home, the miserable game where the guy threw the shoe uh, at the end with the, with the like LSU beat yep. Florida 37-34. Uh, this is two years in a row. I think they've beaten them now six of the last eight LSU has beaten the Gators uh, it's time for Dan Mullen to get something done. But, geez, I mean, they're 10.5-point favorites on the road. I know LSU has not looked good this year, but that seems like a lot of points for how close these games have been with these two over the years.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, that statement of 10.5 is saying that, you know, Eddie O has lost his kids. I uh, Because if you're talking about pure talent, and I, I know Derek Stingley is out, uh, the the star uh, cornerback for the Tigers. I I I get that, and and you know Max Johnson's been at times hit or miss. Uh, Keishawn Butte also the wide receiver out for the season. So, but I, I I look at LSU at this point. I mean you know Ed Ogeron and that staff they're coaching for their future. Uh, Ed is on the hot seat not just because they've started three and three in back to back seasons, but there are off field uh, issues, non uh, football related issues that are affecting him and I, I think these guys are coaching for their jobs and, and i and i think they'll react accordingly florida i believe wins this game but when are you ever going to get lsu uh, getting except perhaps alabama uh florida's yeah. a good football team they're not an elite football team i think uh backed into a corner lsu getting 10 and a half i would take the tigers
3: I'm with you. I think this is too many points. Uh, And there have been games this year where Florida was, you know, quote-unquote, the better team, where even though they won, they did not cover numbers. Uh, And I'm talking early in the year against South Florida and FAU. And obviously we got a little bit of a higher caliber here with LSU and you're on the road. But uh, I do not trust Florida to cover anything, uh, home or road, uh, in conference against the Tigers. Uh, Arkansas hosting Auburn. This week, uh, minus four and a half for Sam Pittman and the Razorbacks, who I got to tell you, Rich, even though they lost that game to Ole Miss, I was surprised. I did not think that they would be able to go blow for blow offensively with the up-tempo Lane Kiffin offense, especially coming off. Two extremely yep. physical weeks against Georgia and Texas a and I didn't think they'd do it. it. And, man, they—they, they, I couldn't believe it, that 53-52 game. And he goes for two at the end, misses. Uh, like, And if he's going to give me that offense again here, Rich, this week, or at least something close to it, uh, I, Auburn really can't score with anybody. So minus four and a half for Arkansas is where I'm leaning here in the middle of the week.
4: Yeah, and my biggest concern over the past couple of weeks with with Arkansas, scrappy defense. Uh you know they they got a couple of decent running backs that they could uh, they could grind out yards but KJ Jefferson the the inconsistency as a passer for KJ Jefferson beginning the season and even the beginning of October was my big concern and yeah the kid accounts for six touchdowns last week and it was that two-point conversion away from from pulling off a, a pretty big upset for Arkansas I I like I like the way you're thinking about this game, Mike, because if anything, I expected more of a letdown on the road against Ole Miss. The fact that they could go toe-to-toe offensively is a really good sign. And I'm just not sold on on Bo Nix or this Auburn team. Uh, Tank Bigsby, terrific running back, but hasn't busted loose this year. Uh, They've got some good parts on defense. Roger McCreary, I think, is a day one, day two type cornerback out of the secondary for, for Auburn. But I... I'm just not impressed by the Tigers at this point. I think Arkansas is still playing with some juice. I think they're still playing with a chip on their shoulder, something to prove, want to get that uh, that sixth win, play for a bowl game. So Arkansas heading back home, I would take the Razorbacks because I learned a, a lot about that team in a loss last week and a lot that I liked.
3: Nah, no question about that. Uh, Rich, let me ask you this. How often do you see uh, pregame over-under totals of 825 I mean you don't you don't see that Wait, very Are you talking often.
4: are you talking no. NBA or college football? NBA or college football. Yeah. I mean Ole
3: Miss and Tennessee 82 and a half in Knoxville this week. Like and and I sometimes my eyes spin when I see the 71s and the 72s that we've seen. I mean Alabama Ole Miss was 71 and a half. This is 82 and a half. Now Tennessee the last couple weeks Seems like that uh, Josh Heupel's starting to get that offense, and obviously the pace and the speed that he wants down there with the Vols. And now you have Lane Kiffin coming in too. So I understand the uh, the perfect storm brewing together here with these two offenses on Saturday night. But man, Rich, I think on principle I have to take the under like and yeah. a eighty two and a half is just that's insane to bet that over pregame. Insane.
4: I, I think uh, I think uh lines makers bettors saw the one oh three last week between you know <laughs> Ole Miss and Arkansas. Uh, and Tennessee, to your point, has been lighting it up offensively. I'm really surprised by what Josh Heupel has done in such a short period of time because, you know, that Tennessee roster had so many losses. They had so many new players come in from transfer, junior college. They had such turnover, new staff, so many new players. My first thought was, this is a complete transition year. Let's evaluate Josh Heupel in 2022. But at four and two at this this point coming off of, uh, two blowouts, Missouri and South Carolina. I mean, those are teams that that I thought Tennessee would have been behind. They beat Missouri 62-24, yeah. beat South Carolina 45-20. They have the import from Virginia Tech Hendon Hooker under center. Uh, Tyon Evans is running extremely well, so this will be a shootout. But, you know, again, 82 plus, that's not a number that either team goes over on a regular basis. I would take the under as well. Should be a really entertaining game Though at uh, at Ole Miss this weekend,
3: yeah, that's a lot of fun. Uh, between when or you or see is that, that Knoxville? Number. Actually, uh, that Knoxville. is Knoxville. Knoxville. My uh, yeah. Ole Miss is yeah. favored two and a half, minus two and a half. Uh, and listen, considering where Ole Miss has been up here this year, they've got, of course, one of the leading Heisman candidates. For it to only be two and a half shows that uh, Tennessee is starting to get some respect uh, rather quickly here. Uh, with what they've been doing, just hammering these teams the last couple of weeks. I want to go to Oklahoma only because I just saw some reports uh, about the Sooners that I want to bring up. So they have been, of course, escaping every week. They come back, huge deficit against Texas last week. They get it done. They're still undefeated. They're laying 13-and-a-half. Um, against TCU coming up on Saturday night. So, here's the news that I have for you, Rich. Apparently, uh, Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma football canceled all media availabilities today. They did not give a reason. No more media until after Saturday's game. Allegedly, the reason for all this is that a reporter from the student newspaper used binoculars from a public building to report that Caleb Williams was doing practice with the first team reps. (laughs) So... (laughs) You got guys from the Student newspaper with binoculars trying to see if it's Rattler or if it's Williams and Lincoln Riley's had enough of it already in Norman. <laughs>
4: Well, that is one intrepid reporter right there. I I think, uh, you know, that's something you put on your resume when you're looking for a job. That you uh, pissed off Lincoln Riley so much that he uh, he canceled all media coverage. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's one of the big storylines this week. Uh, You know, who is going to be under center? If it is Caleb Williams, in fact, uh, the the fallout after that, which fascinates me, is what happens with Spencer Rattler. You know, he he could he could opt out entirely and start preparing for the NFL draft. think it would be an unwise move coming off of this season uh but we've seen kids do it before it wouldn't shock me uh if he thought that he could play his way back into the leave and uh grab an agent and start working out with a, a qb coach and a strength and conditioning coach uh you know, what happens in that quarterback room and that locker room, if in fact it's Caleb Williams, is going to be absolutely riveting. And, you know, with all of this swirling around, keeping it from the gambler's angle, one of the first games I saw was was TCU getting close to two touchdowns. And I like that. Not just the a uh, little bit of a, an emotional letdown, a lot swirling around with the quarterbacks, but TCU's played pretty well uh, over the last couple of weeks, running the ball exceptionally well. A couple of kids go over 100 yards. Zach Evans, an underrated running back for. Uh, for gary patterson so i think they could slow the game down a little bit they got a veteran quarterback and max duggan uh I, I think close to two touchdowns i think oklahoma goes back to what they've been all year which is a team that plays close against everybody uh they haven't blown out anybody outside of an F- no. fcs opponent this year so i i would take that i see uh 13 and a half i think at this point i i, I like the Horn frogs getting that number
3: I do as well. Um, look, last week was the first game Oklahoma covered, uh, non-FCS opponent. Uh, so, and and look, it was a three and a half line. They were down, uh, you know, 20 points in the game and had to come back. Still won it, 13 and a half. Uh, I'm with you. I think the TCU tries to play a little, uh, you know, ground and pound here. Keep the rock away from the Oklahoma offense. We've got questions at quarterback. All those things. Uh, Oklahoma probably wins because they have been sneaking by in all these games. But I think the TCU is going to make them work a little bit uh, there in Norman. Staying in the Big 12. uh, Big spot for Oklahoma State, who's been very good so far this year. They're undefeated. They've been playing some great defense. But now they need to slow down the Texas Longhorns, and Steve Sarkeesian after the big performance that they had against Oklahoma a week ago. So when we come back, we will dive into Oklahoma State, Texas, right here. College football full circle. Mike Carver, Rich Sermonello with you. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Keep rolling through this weekend's games right after this.
2: sports news you can use no filler just killer information and expert analysis to make you a winner as easy as possible it's almost unfair when you think about it this is sports grid radio on sirius xm
0: ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court
1: Don't
2: think of us as a place to just hear sports talk. Think of us more as an all-you-can-listen buffet of live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and, and news you can use. Bon appétit. We are Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You're listening to College Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Mike Carver.
3: And we are back, college football, full circle. Mike Carver and Rich Sermonello here with you, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, channel 204. So as we were going to the break, I was talking about this uh, Oklahoma State-Texas game, which is a high noon Eastern kickoff uh, in the Big 12. Big offense from Texas, despite the loss from Oklahoma. Sark is clearly turning things around in that department, still has to work on the defense. Mike Gundy, on the other hand, Rich, he has been working on the defense this year. Oklahoma State has been excellent. They get a test this week. They're getting five and a half points on the road as the undefeated team. Sixty and a half is the total. I am very interested to see how this Oklahoma State Cowboy team plays against an explosive Texas offense.
4: Yeah, they've they've already got the win over a quality Baylor opponent, Mike, as you know. Uh, going on the road now, a little more of a target on their back. Five and o, um, One of just two undefeated teams in the Big Twelve. It's it's an interesting test. I I I, I know you may not be the biggest Mike Gundy fan, but I got to give him a lot of credit this year because he's playing to his personnel. You know, he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have. The chuba hubbard he doesn't have the you know the uh, big time wide receivers that he's uh, you know tylen wallace that he's used to having uh so he's leaning on the defense uh, they've been more conservative offensively uh jalen warren we talked about this week transfer from utah state has great feet really fun watching him on film but it's not an explosive offense that baylor game they won 24 to 14 I think he's going to have to open it up a little bit, and I think he's going to get a shot to do so, because when you watch Texas defensively, that's what Sark's going to have to work on, not just this season, but 2022 and beyond. If if they're going to be a big-time program, if they're going to make the transition successful to the SEC in a couple years, they have to play better defense. I mean, they were abysmal last week against Oklahoma, so I think Spencer Sanders, Jaylen Warren, I, I think they'll get some opportunities on offense, and Oklahoma State... You know, defense has been good, but who have they faced? They haven't seen a Bijan, they haven't seen a Xavier Worthy, uh, you know, Casey Thompson. So it's an interesting matchup between two teams playing different styles of football right now.
3: It certainly is. Uh, I I really want to see this. So, and it's not that I I'm down on Gundy. Here's my thing with Gundy, Rich. Like. Every year, it seems like we do this. Oklahoma State starts 6-0, and 7-0. They start to get a lot of you know, publicity. They get moved up in the rankings. They do all that. And then there's just this game that just completely torpedoes their season. And, and it's like you're always just waiting for it to happen. And you compound that with also that he's obviously done, let's face it, a, a pretty poor job against Oklahoma uh, in the Bedlam game throughout his entire career in Stillwater. So it's it's always hard for me as much as I want to because I want to see somebody different come out of there, I can never just get my hopes up because I know that, that Gundy and the Cowboys are going to crash him. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and you know what, schedule-wise, I'd have to go back and look at the specifics, but I would say over the last 10 years, they never play anybody out of conference. So part of the reason why they get off to these fast starts is, you know, they're they're not playing in one of those marquee matchups. They're not doing what Miami did and playing in Alabama or anyone even close to that. So not conference schedule... Uh, historically, you know, Southwest Missouri stayed in the opener. They win by a touchdown at Boise State. I'll give them credit, but Boise State is down. Tulsa, Tulsa's below average this year. So they don't take a lot of risks in non-conference. That's that's a big reason why they get off to those fast starts as well.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, they, really, they really never do take any risks, that's for sure. You mentioned Baylor before, and they are having – A very good season uh, so far. Unexpected. Uh, They've played well. And they're home this week against BYU. This game had a lot more to it before BYU lost last week to Boise State. We thought we might be getting an undefeated top 10 BYU team going into Waco. Instead, their season now in a lot of trouble. They had some playoff aspirations that are now out the window. They're getting 6.5 against Baylor here. A little bounce back from BYU. I think Baylor's the better football team, Rich, honestly.
4: Totally agree. Uh, I completely agree. Jerry Bohannon's done a nice job as the successor to Charlie Brewer. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of, of, you know, you're not getting RG3 here in terms of the offensive firepower, but Abram Smith... Uh, rushing for 7.6 yards per carry, 7 touchdowns this year, uh, only 78 touches, but he's been explosive when he's had those opportunities. And Dave Aranda is finally having an impact uh, on that defense. So Baylor has actually uh, been a bit of a surprise at this point. Let's play a a very quick uh, connect the dot. And the fact that he's on a hot seat. Dave Aranda had a very distinguished career as a defensive coordinator at LSU. If he wins nine, maybe ten games this year for Baylor, and LSU has an opening, I wonder if Aranda would be considered for that spot. Or is it too early? Is he too green as a head coach at this point?
3: It feels like for you to go and coach at LSU, you need to have a lot of experience in dealing with a lot of things. Like that—that's just one of those jobs now, Rich. Where it's—it's like we were talking about yesterday, how guys don't get much of a chance, and you got to give guys time. Like. I know Eddie O's been there a while, like he won a title two years ago and they already yep. want him out the door. Like Which is there, there, is, yeah. there is no uh, leeway whatsoever with that job. So if I was Dave, I would probably would be like, Hey, listen, you know what? As great as that would be in the paycheck probably is. If we want to like build something long-term, I might want to hold off a little bit because they're going to want me out within two years. If I don't get the yeah. job done, that's the problem.
4: Yeah. If I, if I'm not, being, I'm going to be back to being a coordinator again.
3: Yeah, and and, and and here's the thing sometimes, and I know guys, we see these guys, they jump from spot to spot to spot to spot. You know, you want to move up the ladder. Sometimes that's not the best thing. Sometimes, mm-hmm. even though you're not at the biggest job, if you're building something somewhere, and maybe you should stick it out because guess what? It's yep. college football. You're going to get paid, all right? Yep. I know that you look up and you see Harbaugh making nine and you see Ed making nine and Nick making 11. You're like all right, well, you're making five and you're building something at yeah. Baylor. Right. Like, just... Let's ride it out a little bit, right?
4: Let's yeah, look, look, look at what goes. Matt Campbell has done up to this point. Matt yes. Campbell at Iowa State has had countless opportunities, and it's Iowa State. You're not winning a national championship. He gets that. Maybe there'll be a time to go. Uh, Chris Peterson, for the longest time, tapped the brakes, stayed at Boise State, waited for what he thought was the right opportunity before going to Washington. Mike, you're you're spot on. This is not the 1980s. You know, you're not going to be collecting food stamps, uh, but being a head coach of any right. uh, FBS program at this Point. Everybody's making money. Everybody's got their opportunities. Everybody's sending kids to the NFL. So sometimes, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, you, You might have a good situation at a smaller school where. You win eight or nine games a year, they're going to build a statue of you outside the stadium.
3: No, and sometimes listen, you just got to stick it out sometimes. These guys are so quick. You mentioned Matt Campbell. Iowa State's been very disappointing this year. You mentioned it the other day. Uh, They go to the Little Apple, uh, Manhattan, Kansas this week. Uh, Minus six and a half road favorites against Kansas State. Kansas State is one of those teams, Rich. Like, I I can't even waste my time. I cannot figure them out on a week-to-week basis. It's like there's weeks where I back them and they completely no-show. There's weeks where I play against them and they look like the best team in the Big 12. They are such a hard team for me to figure out. They really are.
4: Oh, I I don't think you're alone. I I think that's been uh that's been Kansas State going back Years. to Bill Snyder, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you think you have them pegged and then, you know, they they lose as a two touchdown favorite or they'll step up as a 17 and a half point dog and pull an upset. Hard to figure. I you know, I I'm still, you know, Iowa State, they they had the break, right? They're coming out of the bye. Chance to maybe uh, lick their wounds a little bit. Uh, tweak uh, some problems uh, offensively and defensively. They're a bit of a mystery to me, but they've lost to two pretty good teams, right? Iowa turns out to uh, be a hell of a lot better than when we thought they would be in Week 2. Only lose by 10. Uh, lose by 2 in Waco. So I think there's still a chance... Uh, to maybe be an eight-win team this year. I believe in Matt Campbell. you got the veteran quarterback in Brock Purdy, Brees Hall in the backfield. I love that defense. Mike Rose at linebacker, Greg Eisworth at safety. There's a lot of talent. So if it was a different coach, if I felt like it was a coach who was straddling, leaving for another position, I might say you're going to lose these kids. But I believe in Matt Campbell, so I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State is an improved team in the second half of the year.
3: Uh, yeah, no doubt, and they got some big games. They're going to play some of the best teams here. At Oklahoma State. They're going to play Texas. They're going to play uh, Oklahoma. So, a lot of opportunities for Iowa State uh, to get back in the mix and salvage their season, as they say. Uh, Friday night, Clemson plays Rich and and me and Pharrell were actually talking about this on his show yesterday. And like every week, you're waiting around for Clemson to you know quote unquote bust out. Offensively, Like, you're you're waiting for it to happen. You see them laying every week these, you know, between 13—now it's 13 and a half. It's actually 14 for most of the week. It's gone under two touchdowns here at the Dome against Syracuse Friday night. But, like, you just keep waiting. All right, this is the week they're going to blow somebody out. And then— They don't cover against Georgia Tech. No, all right, this is the week they're going to blow somebody out. They lose outright to NC State. Oh, no, this is the week they're going to blow somebody out, Rich. It's going to happen here. Oh, no, they didn't cover against Boston College. All right, no, it's going to be this week, Rich. Uh, Just keep throwing your money away on Clemson. They're going to bust out this week. I promise you it's going to (laughs) happen.
4: Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I mean, those of us who are so deeply engrossed in college football, it's a mystery at this point. Uh, One of the big mysteries this year is – you know, based on the the limited reps that we saw from from DJ Ungalele last year, you would think that he was just going to get better as a sophomore, uh, uh, the successor to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, take out that South Carolina State game week two, the FCS opponent. Yeah. Four games against uh, FCS, I should say. F- the Four games against FCS opponents averaging 15 points a game. I mean, it's hard to fathom that that would happen. Uh, So again, another team that was off last weekend, uh, another team with still a lot to play for. Uh, But uh, I'd like your take on it, what you would expect from them. A program that anticipates in October and November playing for playoff spots, national championships, with that no longer being a carrot for the program, can you get these kids, these four and five star blue chippers, can you get these seniors who have played in national title games? Can you get them motivated just for an ACC title?
3: It, it's it's got to be hard, especially if you've got some guys that have that have been on that team for the past couple of years, and there's been only one goal. And this year, that goal is honestly, it's it's already out the window. I mean, you've got two losses already. You're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, Dabo can go in there and still dangle that. You know, we can win the ACC. That's still there for us. I don't know yeah. if that drives them as much as being in the college football playoff, which is right. why a lot of these kids go to a school like Clemson. Exactly. Syracuse, has, Syracuse has scored some points this year, uh, amazingly so. Uh, I think Dino's done an awful job there the past few years, but they have actually scored some points. I don't know. I just can't back. I can't, I can't keep backing Clemson, Rich. I'm just banging my head against the wall, thinking every week this is going to be the week they bust out. And I've also tried it this way, too. You know what? I'm not even going to back Clemson. They, all these totals are in the mid-40s. They're going to have a shootout. Even the totals they can't get over 40 in the mid-40s, Rich. Even those I can't win.
4: <laughs> you know, I, my recommendation, uh, Friday night, you want a little bit of action I would say I stay on the sidelines with Clemson. I mean, until proven otherwise, this is an average football team. I I wouldn't put my money on Clemson and I, and I, I'm not sold on Syracuse. They've done a good job. Uh, Sean Tucker's been impressive out of the backfield. Garrett Schrader, uh, the transfer from Mississippi State, has been a good dual threat. You want to make money Friday night. I say take the points late with San Jose State, with possible upset over San Diego State. That would be what I would say. If you want some action Friday night, take the Spartans.
3: All right, we'll come back and talk about that. College football full circle. Mike Carver, Rich Sermonello here with you. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, channel 204. We come back and wrap it up right after this
2: take the winning edge with you get the sports grid mobile app for the latest episodes of your favorite show it just might possibly be too much this is sports grid radio on sirius xm
0: ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling
2: Everybody's got an opinion. Go ahead. Ask them. But only a few have an opinion informed by expert analysis and experience. It's called trust. It's why we're here. For you. Keep it here. And get the edge. You're listening to Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. You're listening to college football full circle
3: with Joe Lisi and Mike Carver. And we are back, college football full circle. Mike Carver and Rich Sermonello here with you, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, channel 204. So before we get out of here, Rich, I mean, you dropped a little nugget on me here for Friday night, and I love a little late-night West Coast action. Uh, We've got San Jose State and San Diego State. Good one in the Mountain West. The Aztecs have been excellent this year, undefeated. They're laying nine and a half against the Spartans. Now, here's the issue, though, Rich, of course. Uh, Starkel hasn't played the last couple of weeks. The junior, uh, Nick Nash, has been in the mix at quarterback. I need, I'm probably going to need to know if Starkle's playing before I can jump on the money line with San Jose State.
4: Yeah, I, I listen, he's got an arm injury. I, I don't know if he's going to be 100%. On, on the positive outlook, Nick Nash has got a couple of games under his belt right now. Uh, five touchdown passes, uh, just uh, one pick on the season, so he's uh, a little more seasoned than, than he was when Starkle went down. I, I think San Diego State, and, and I like what Brady Hoke has done so far this year, but I think they're due for a letdown. Uh- Newly ranked uh, can have some struggles on offense from time to time. This, for me, more than anything else, is a belief in the coach Brent Brennan. I think he's one of the more underrated young head coaches on the West Coast. Uh, did a fantastic job winning the Mountain West last year. Uh, I think at three and three, knowing that this is a crossroads type of a game, I think you see the best out of San Diego uh, San Jose State Friday night against San Diego State. So I don't think it'll be an offensive explosion. Uh, San Diego State plays very good defense, but uh, I will take the points in that game and go with the Spartans.
3: Yeah, those San Diego State games, Rich, are usually rock fights. Uh, I mean, you are not getting a lot of offense in there. They want to play D. They want to run the football. They want to keep it low-scoring. The Aztecs and the Spartans Friday night. All right, college football full circle. Rich, tremendous stuff, my man. Thanks for hanging the last couple days. You'll be back with Joe on Friday. I really enjoyed it, Mike. Thank you very much. Mike Carver, Rich Sermonella right here. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Joe, back with me tomorrow, right here on The Grid.
2: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh,